Welcome to Spring the Beacon with Ryan Rieger. Today we're playing Lego, and Daddy has other dice stay on my play Lego. Hey guys, welcome back to the Streams of Income radio show. I'm your host, Ryan Rieger. If you've noticed, my uh, intro has changed. So our very first one was on the radio and it was a radio voice doing it. And there are just some things on there that are no longer accurate because I'm just doing a podcast. So I decided to switch it up and put uh, Callan's uh, cute little innocent voice in there uh, to introduce me. I'm a family guy. I work from home. He can walk in anytime while I'm doing a webinar or a meeting and that's just life. So I thought having him as the voice of the introduction um, kind of just shows you what life is like around here at our house. So guys, today's episode is with uh, Emmett Kilduff of the Fortia Group. Have you ever thought about selling your Amazon business? It's not usually something we talk about around here because we're always helping people get started and helping them grow. But there are buyers out there looking for Amazon businesses to purchase. And so in today's episode, um, Emmett's going to chat with us and share with us the, the basically the process of how to get your business sold, what these buyers are looking for, and the types of products that um, they're looking for, the revenue numbers, the profit numbers, and how his company will walk alongside you to help you get it sale ready. And so I know this will be really exciting for some of you because some of you are doing your Amazon business. And for you, it's just a way to make money. It's not like your passion. You have other things that you want to do, other businesses that you want to start. And the idea of being able to exit your Amazon business to be able to go do something for something else is very enticing. And so this, this uh, episode is going to be very intriguing for you uh, as you learn um, how to get that done. And Emmett even has a 70-page a guide that he um, offers that you guys can download and uh, just kind of go through that and figure out um, you know, how you can take those steps if you're interested in, in selling your Amazon business one day. By the way, guys, um, we have uh, still doing an awesome promotion in our Legends community. You can get in for uh, $1, a 30-day trial of our Legends group. These are successful business owners. A lot of them have been able to quit their job, and I want you to become the next success story. So I'd love for you to uh, give, a, give a shot at our Legends group. You just go to amzlegends.com forward slash dollar. The link will be in the show notes. Guys, here is my interview with Emmett. My uh, guest is Emmett Kilt. Is it Kilduff? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Emmett Kilduff, he is the CEO of Fortia Group, and they specialize in helping FBA businesses exit and uh, get out of it and sell and make a profit. So we're just going to be chatting with him about that. We typically talk about in this group how to build a business. Uh, and rather than, um, uh, but I know some of you are like looking forward to, you know, the day that you could exit. And maybe some of you aren't even thinking about that. That's not even on your radar. Well, maybe after today, this will be on your radar because Emma's going to go over um, some of the things that buyers are looking for so that you can have that as a goal. Um, and some of you may never, ever have a desire to do that. That's cool too. But just know that there are people out there that are buying FBA businesses and Emmett's company helps people do that. So they reached out to me and um, I had a call with Emmett a couple of weeks ago and just thought, hey, let's just go in here and see who's interested and um, just kind of share about Fortia. So Emmett, why don't you tell your story? Um, you're, we're also recording this for my podcast. So um, I, I love getting into people's stories and I definitely obviously get into the FBA side of things and what Fortia does and how they 
you know, folks can um, take advantage of what you guys offer, but um, I, your background is fascinating. So tell me a little bit about that. Sure. Uh, so um, I grew up in, I was born in Montreal, Canada, moved back to Ireland as a young kid, uh, did school and college here in Ireland, did a master's in e-commerce back in the year 2000 during the internet boom when right. there was no literature on e-commerce. Um, it was all done through case studies and learning about from, from successful startups. And on the back of that, I heard a guy about a guy called Frank Quatrone, who was the lead technology investment banker at the time for, for Credit Suisse. He was doing all the IPOs at the time in, in March 2000. So I joined Credit Suisse out of the London offices to do tech IPOs. Okay. I um, uh, did that for eight years, left to do a startup, went back to Wall Street, joined Morgan Stanley, uh, probably okay. a, a more well-known investment bank, you know, one of yeah. the top ones. And, um, but I was always itching to do uh, the entrepreneurial uh, route. Uh, my mm-hmm. father was a tech entrepreneur, so I, I didn't want to grow old in the ivory tower and become a uh, sort of a senior <laughs> investment banker that just doesn't suit sure. Uh, but it was a great way to learn how the world works and, and learn how to value companies, which we which we can come back to. Um, yeah. Morgan Stanley uh, at the time was one of the first investment banks to start a, a big data unit that okay. analyzes uh, lots of data to to help hedge funds on Wall Street determine what to invest in. So, so uh, I love this concept of data beating opinion, mm-hmm. um, um, and that's also relevant to Amazon because Amazon's yes. just a data game. Um, it is. And uh, so I left Morgan Stanley in 2012 to set up a data company called Eagle Alpha, and that's still going strong. Um, It serves hedge funds and private equity firms, mainly in the States. Uh, But it was through that that I met some aggregators. I met Carlos Cashman of Thrasio and and others last summer. And I sort of got my first glimpse into this whole Amazon FBA world, and I was intrigued. And uh, Uh so much so that I decided sort of to go full circle back uh, to my investment banking career, and we're now effectively we've started an investment bank for for Amazon FBAs. Yes, and that's what Fortier Group is, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Tell me what. Tell me about what Fortier Group does, and just some of the. And we'll get in some of the questions. I know we're going to be asking that. Uh, and guys, feel free to ask questions as you're listening to and talk. But you know what we talked about a couple of weeks ago is what buyers are looking for kind of those, um, the goals that we can be looking ahead to, to get our business to that point so that it is um, sellable. Um, obviously, I want to talk about the difference between Fortia and all these other sites that we see like Flippa and Empire Flippers. Um, you just mentioned val- value in businesses. It'd be interesting to hear, how do you value a, an FBA business? And how do I even know what it's worth? So let's talk yeah. about Fortia Group, what all you do, and um, I'll just start there. Yeah, so right right now we do... Uh, just one thing, which is we, we sell Amazon FBA businesses. Mm. That, that's all we do. Uh, in time, we'll expand that to other services, such as helping them raise revenue-based financing and helping them raise equity. But right now, it's literally just um, uh, helping them with get successful exits. Um, yes. The, the website for your, for your um, audience, uh, Ryan, is thefortiagroup.com. And... Um, there, there is a, there is a, if you put in fortia.com, you go to a lovely French wine uh, website, but um, I don't own that chateau. <laughs> that, that's not you. <laughs> that's not me. That's not me. Um, uh, maybe they'll look for an exit one day and I can help them. Uh, <laughs> right. But um, yeah, for a lot of your, your viewers, um, a, a great way uh, to think about starting a business is 
um, is it exitable? Is it sellable? I think everyone, I think all of us, you know, if we start something, we, we most likely want to sell it and uh, take some time out at some point in our lives. Um, mm-hmm. And so the day, of, the day you start or the day you buy is the day you sell. So, so um, it's important to know um, there, there, there's, there's 50 plus big buyers of Amazon FBA brands that have set up in the last 12 months. They've raised seven million dollars of capital, which is you know staggering uh, wow. to see that amount of capital mobilizing in just twelve months. And um, they're looking for, um, but not necessarily looking for arbitrage plays uh, or, or resellers. What they are looking for is is a, largely a independent Amazon FBA uh, companies, and you know, more specifically, um, they want companies from preferred categories such as. Uh, garden or home um, mm-hmm. they're not looking for um, fashion or apparel because there's too many SKUs sure. um, a lot of them at the moment are not looking for supplements uh, or things that go inside the body mm-hmm. um, um, so I'll give you, give you an example of, of something we just sold was Beard Club um, an Amazon FBA business with lots of creams and, and grooming products for, for, for beards and um, uh, that entrepreneur, you know, made over a million bucks uh, after after four years. Um, wow. We have just sold a supplements business for for seventeen and a half million dollars. Uh-huh. Incredibly, that guy built that business in four years just with one one other employee. Wow! Um, so that that's that's staggering growth for you know yes. uh, uh, compared to anyone globally. Um, yeah. So there's 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 huge money to be made if one um, can identify. A good category and a good product opportunity within that category. Um, ultimately, when you want to get to a sale, you have to have a couple of years operating history, yep. uh, so that they can do their diligence and see if there's any seasonality. For example, they don't like seasonality. If it, if it's too weighted towards Christmas and gifts, it's it's it's, right. it's not preferred. Um, they do like these businesses to be sold primarily via Amazon and uh, um, FBA. Just because it's it's simpler, uh, it's easier for them to do due diligence by logging on to Seller Central and, and various other uh, sources of data, and it's easier to manage mm-hmm. and, and transfer to the buyer. Yeah. Um, uh, they they really want the revenue to be over a million bucks uh, per annum. Um, there are a few buyers clearly below a million dollars, but they're probably more business angels and one or two aggregators and. Uh, you asked me later on what, 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 what's one of the differences between Fortia and other websites like Empire Flippers and those sorts of businesses are more suited to uh, businesses that are selling for less than $1 billion um, yeah. as opposed to... And aren't those sites just like literally almost like a classified ad listing where I have a business, I just throw it up on there for sale and it's just, it's there available? Yeah, in basic form, yes. Now, in, in fairness to those businesses, they have built up a super database of buyers over the years um, yeah. re- relevant to those types of businesses. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, if, you're, if your business is, is looking to be sold for, say, $400,000, um, then you're probably more suited to go down that route. We're, we're, we get involved when the business is worth between a million dollars and $100 million. Okay. Um, but we, we can come back to that. Um, yeah. Obviously, financial performance is key, right? So, so the net margins these firms are looking for is over 20% net. Um, yeah. And if it's any lower than that, if it's sort of 16, 17, 18, there has to be a clear path to improvement. 
Uh, for example, there might be an easy win with regard to improving supply chain and winning winning some some margin points there. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, reviews has to be lots of reviews to build a moat. Ratings have to be high. Um, um, there has to be long term growth potential. It can't be a fad. You know, so mobile phone covers covers you know not of interest. Right. Um, right. And then there's a whole host of uh, other other items like a low skew count. Um, you know, the so the dream scenario is there's one hero skew that's doing everything. Mm. Uh, so, like there was an example, there was a, a literally one skew mattress cover company that sold to uh-huh. big aggregator. Really simple. The guy spent actually spent a couple of hours a week to manage this, and he and he made a few million bucks. Um, wow. Really simple. Whereas if you think go back to apparel, if there's if there's if there's 500 SKUs with different colors and sizes, it's really messy to sort of for the buyer yeah. to integrate into their aggregator. Yeah, that makes sense. That was actually mattress covers. It's funny you say that. That was my very first private label product. Right. <laughs> so, ah. Yes. Yeah, it started with you mattress got, covers. You got in early, I'm sure. I did. It was back in like 2013. And then it got, I mean, it, it was it's amazing because um, we... Um, I took a course that taught private label and uh, did some research and it was, um, this is kind of a side route here, but I'll tell it because some of my audience that may not have heard this story. The, um, the pri- the course talked about sourcing overseas, yeah. which totally fine. I just, um, when I started doing the research of how much it was going to cost to source that mattress protector was $10 a unit. Um, and I could sell it for like 30 to $40. Um, these weren't like super high grade, you know, best in quality mattress. They weren't bad, but um, it was going to be a thousand units. So $10,000 investment. And, you know, for some of your, your clients, that's not going to be an issue. But for me at the time, that was a huge hurdle. Never was that, that was not going to happen. We were selling furniture on Amazon too. And so we were buying mattresses from a local company here in Fort Worth. And I uh, went to them and said, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about doing a private label brand of mattress protectors. And could you make them for us? And they said, yeah, we can. But it would be cheaper if you just went to this wholesale company down the road in Dallas, buy it from them and rebrand it. So I called this company he mentioned. It was a wholesale company. And they import from China. They're a Chinese company. The people in there were Chinese. Um, and they, uh, they supply the local furniture stores and mattress companies. And I said, I want to do a private label brand of your mattress covers. I just want to take it out of the package and put it in my own package under my brand. Is that okay? Like, yeah, of course, we don't care what you do with it after you buy it from us. And so that started my whole journey into private label. And I wrote a book called Private Label, The Easy Way, which is for um, people who, because I know Emmett, you you know, there's not every person, you know, starts off with millions of dollars to invest. You know, we're just all bootstrapping it here. We get it started. Yeah. And so that, that worked out really well. We had a whole, we still have a mentoring community associated with that where uh, I teach people how to source from wholesale companies okay. domestically to get it started. You prove the concept. And then if it's like, wow, this is really selling really well, I, I can now with comfort go overseas and place a larger order. Cause I already know I'm already making sales. Yeah. So just a yeah. side note. Yeah. That was, that's Very cool. Good. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 great to hear about the different ways people can get started. Absolutely. So mostly private label, um, which makes sense because you're talking about you know a brand that could be transferred over. I know a lot of people in this group are arbitrage sellers, but they they already they're very familiar with private label. A lot of them probably haven't dove into that. 
Um, and I would just recommend those to people that are listening to and watching this replay is to look at the products you're already selling well, well right now. That would be an idea of how to, you know, start looking at down that, those categories. Um, you know, keep in mind if you're wanting to exit that you don't do supplements, don't do fashion, um, stay within those categories that are sellable. Yeah. But uh, look at what's already selling in your Amazon account and start going down that direction. And we're also going to be having more private label training in here too. So um, valuing businesses, and we'll talk more about some of these different, you know, the things that buyers are looking for. Cause I want to have, I, I, I love this because this is a goal for people to shoot for. Some people are listening to this and be like, oh my gosh, that's me. I, I would love to be able to exit my business. Um, it's not even been on the radar. So this gives them some <clears throat> things to look at as far as some numbers to hit. But um, how do you value an FBA business? Yeah, great question. Um, and uh, there's a lot more detail on some of the things I'll say today, Ron, in a 70-page exit guide, which maybe yeah. you want to post to your, to your yeah. audience because um, uh, we'll, cover, we'll cover a lot. I think look, valuation, um, I've, done, I've done a $10 billion IPO and I've done a million-dollar sale. And um, there, it's, as, you go up, as you go up the size spectrum on Wall Street, it's, um, it gets more scientific. Um, okay. There, 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 there's comparables and there's, it's much more data driven as you come down to more the world we're in the amazon fba world um it's less it's less scientific frankly um okay before 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 these aggregators like trazio became household names um uh, multiples were sort of close to two to, to two and a half three times okay so, so i would characterize it as 2019 was two to three times Mm -hmm. The aggregator started to enter as uh, more demand. And so pricing in 2020 was three to four times. And okay. So excuse me, I should have said that it's three to four times SDE, seller discretionary earnings. And we can, we can define that in a moment. Okay. And the good news is that valuation multiples are going up um, and they're going to continue to go up this year, next year, the following year, because there's so much buying buyers coming into the market. Yeah. So today, um, our, uh, we've done three deals recent in the recent weeks. Uh, one has been 5.5, um, including earnout. Another has been 5.75. And one we're, we're signing to, today wow. is 4.75x. So, so decent, decent numbers. Um, yeah. Um, and, uh, but those numbers will increase because um, certainly for bigger businesses, the bigger you are, the more likely you deserve um, a higher multiple. Assuming you've checked all the boxes that I mentioned earlier on, you know, yes. uh, high growth rate, good margins and so on. Uh -huh. um, so that multiple is multiplied against something called SDE, which stands for seller discretionary earnings. Um, which um, in simplistic terms is similar to net profit. Okay. Um, uh, in, in less simplistic terms and more complicated terms, it's um, revenue minus cost of goods sold minus operating expenses plus okay. a range of addbacks. And there's like up to 20 addbacks uh, that okay. you could add back on, like the owner's salaries and so on. And so um, when you see these websites saying we can give you a valuation in five minutes, it's it's total BS in my view, um, because um, it's not it's not that formulaic. You can't just put in some numbers and suddenly that's your valuation. Yeah. It's not scientific like Wall Street. It's more of an art. So you have to mm. you have to. Un uh, we we before we bring any deal to market, we have to really understand the numbers and, okay. and think about which what gets added back and so on. Um, yeah. Before we even 
discuss a range we think we could get for a business. Okay. And is this unique to an FBA business, the art side of it that you're saying? I, I think all, all small businesses, okay. uh, I, I think um, uh, it's more of an art. Um, okay. Yeah. And especially, especially if you want to outperform, right? Because um, the, the other thing about valuation is um, you, you're only going to get the price that someone's willing to pay. Sure. Right? So sure. you can do all the work that you want, but then it's about creating tension and going to the entire buyer universe and okay. having a formal auction process so we can talk about process and yeah. making sure that there's huge competitive tension because that can get yeah. you, that can be the difference between 3X and 4X. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And, and so it, a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of entrepreneurs make the mistakes of, of trying to sell their business on their own. And, you know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't try and sell my house on my own because right. you know, there's a, there's an expert that does that. So um, if it's a life-changing moment to sell a business and get a big check, why, why would you try and do it all alone if it's the first time mm-hmm. you, yeah. you make many mistakes? Um, um, I'm selling my other business, uh, Eagle Alpha, and I have an advisor. Uh, and I've done loads of deals for 20 years, but um, it's, I see it as an insurance policy to make sure I get the best deal. Mm, absolutely. So it's like having a real estate agent that kind of knows, knows everything and does it for you? And knows all the buyers, yeah. yeah. Knows, knows how to when to give, when to back off. Uh, yeah. Knows how to do a deal, yeah, and get the best yeah. price. Um, if you try and do it by just um, speaking to one or two buyers because they've reached out to you, um, you're not going to get your best price. Yeah, oh, fascinating. Yeah, I want to. I definitely want to talk about the process, what that even looks like, and what you guys do because you come alongside the, the the sellers and help them get it all set up and. But um, Kate has a question. She says, is home decor too trendy? Is it one of those categories that, it's, that buyers are looking for or is that too trendy? Yeah, it's, no, it's absolutely a category people are looking for. Yeah. Um, okay. Everything from, from candles to um, uh, decor for the garden, given we're all spending more time outside. Um, yeah. You know, absolutely, it's, it's of interest. Okay, cool. Good to know. Um, you mentioned earlier at the beginning of the buyers, like, are these mostly big, huge companies or do you also have like guys like me that might be, you know, if, you know with more, more net worth <laughs> buying these businesses? Yeah. So, so we're looking to sell businesses between 1 million and a hundred million. So uh-huh. um, at the lower end, yes, there's some individuals, uh, e-commerce entrepreneurs are wealthy business angels or uh-huh. super angels um, that invest in, you know, tech or e-commerce companies. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but um, and then you come up and you've got aggregators, and the sweet spot for aggregators at the moment is they're looking for one to five million. To okay, um, forgive average. me for this. What's a what's an aggregator mean in the sense of uh, buying businesses? Oh, sorry. So an aggregator, Thrasio would be an example of an aggregator. So uh, they want to buy hundreds of, of companies, small Amazon brands, and aggregate them together into their mothership. Uh, okay. and, then, and then they extract, you know, they improve the revenue uh, and, and get better margins and so on. So like if I had a, does it have to be in the niche that they're in? Like if I had a sporting goods brand, I might buy up a, a fishing company that has, you know, this, these lures that are selling really well on Amazon and bring them into my business. Is that an example? Yeah, like most of the aggregators are sector agnostics or category agnostic. Okay. So okay. They're, buying, they're buying a home decor, garden. Okay. Sports, yeah, um, it's 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 more data driven. It's more opportunity driven. Um, mm. Think of it as like they're setting up a department store, yeah. and 
at the start, there's no departments and no products. And they go, okay, let's have 10 departments and then let's pick mm-hmm. 10 products for each of the 10 departments. That's, okay. that's sort of what they're building. Um, Interesting. There's, there's 50 of these, you know, set up in the last 12 months. So, wow. You know, and are these um, businesses, are they also, are they taking, let's say that I, I you know, I came up with a, a fishing lure and they want to buy it. Um, would they also then create a, a, a Shopify site for it um, as well and put it on, like try to get it into into sporting goods stores and and continue selling it on Amazon? Yeah, certainly the bigger ones and the ones that have been around for longer are, are okay. definitely down that route. And the okay. low-hanging fruit is to put it on all the regional Amazon marketplaces because it's relatively okay. easy to copy across. Yeah. After that, depending on the brand and its uh, strengths and weaknesses and suitability, it'll look at DTC, okay. Shopify, or other methods. And um, and then also, yeah, old school, offline, uh, depending okay. uh, on what it is. And uh, yeah. you know, a lot of the founders of these firms have come from, some in some cases, old school retail and some okay. cases, big e-commerce companies. And so they know how to think about, um, okay. say, partnerships with a Walmart or a Target. Yeah. With um, Amazon, um, their, Amazon is its own unique ecosystem. There's rules and it's its own thing. Do these big companies have people that know Amazon? Like, like people in my group here, they know Amazon really well. It can be frustrating at times. Um, you'll get these random emails or notifications about something about pr- pricing error. And it's just, yeah. and it can, it's just so different than having your own site. You're playing in their sandbox. So do these big companies or even some of these ones, the aggregators you said that just came on board over the last year, do they have somebody that knows the intricacies of Amazon? Like, because uh, it's, it's just so different than any other opportunity. Yeah. So, so generally people that start Amazon brands are, you know, individual solopreneurs. And right. They have become a jack of all trades. Uh, right. Supply chain, online marketing, distribution, you know, customer service. It's really difficult. You get stressed because yes. you're, you're, you're trying to become an expert. Right. And one can't be an expert at everything. Sure. Um, and so the, be- the beauty about the aggregator model is they have experts in supply chain. They have people on the ground in Shenzhen. They have experts in digital marketing and, and okay. in that PPC, SEO, email, you know, the yeah. lot. And um, so they have experts across all the different departments. Uh, and that's why when they get when they get a brand, they can uh, leverage all that expertise to significantly increase revenue immediately. Uh, yeah. Plus, that capital you know to spend on inventory. Yeah. Um, so yes, that's a key benefit of the aggregators. Um, the the when you get past five or ten million dollars, then in terms of exits, um, the private equity world comes into play. Mm-hmm. Um, private equity firms don't generally you know buy. A business for two million or three million, but if it's ten or twenty or thirty or forty million, absolutely private equity comes into play, and okay. that's great news for um, entrepreneurs because they typically pay higher multiples mm. uh, aggregators. And when uh, they have somebody on staff, then that let's say they take my my fishing lure brand and it's you know ten million dollars and they buy it, do they have someone that knows what to do with it from there after I'm out of the picture, or would I would I would they continue to hire me to run it um, in any way because you know, as you're probably talking to FBA business owners, that it's Amazon is just so different than anything else. Yeah, so so they they uh, would probably look to retain the individual or individuals okay. a longer period of time. Okay, aggregators could be three months and then you're done. Um, on average, uh, P firms could keep it for longer. Um, 
we have one deal that that supplements business that's being sold for 17 and a half million is being sold to a PE firm, a private equity firm, uh, but they've already acquired a supplements business. So it's sort of, it, mm-hmm. they're looking to bring together a few supplements businesses. So that okay. works. Okay. Um, yeah. Interesting. Just I had an idea pop in my head. I'll just throw it out here. I would imagine, let's say that there's somebody who's not an aggregator. They're not a private equity firm. They're just a very rich individual that sees FBA businesses are like, I want a piece of that. I'm seeing the explosive growth, but I have no idea how to run an Amazon business, but I have money. Would there be an opportunity for that person to find an Amazon seller? Say, here, you're the brains. You know how to run this. I provide the capital. We'll buy this business and come up with some type of profit share. Absolutely. Um, they might take a minority investment or a small majority investment, um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, acquire a stake and then give capital for, for expansion. Um, or, or they might acquire 100% of the business and then engage one of the many firms that you can, act, you can use on an outsource basis to run the brand. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, there's lots of, I know um, here in, in uh, on this side of the pond in, in London, there's, a great agency set up by ex-Amazonians that literally operates brands for people. Yes, yes. And so that wealthy individual um, could buy it outright and pay those people to operate it and then enjoy the Interesting. upside. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, we have a lot of people in our community and a broader community outside of the our Legends group that there would be a lot of people that could, that could be something that they kind of aim towards, you know, okay. uh, just partnering with uh, wealthy individuals to buy brands and run it for them. Very the, cool. The, so what, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, the other, the, while we're brainstorming, the other really yeah. cool idea which I had was I'm not an operator uh, like, like the people you're describing. Uh, uh-huh. um, there is, um, there's more and more uh, companies being set up that I call incubation machines. Okay. Uh, so if the last 12 months of theme was aggregators setting up en masse, I think the next 12 to 18 months will be a lot of incubation machines being set up. And by that, I mean... Um, people that have built a brand and sold it are ex-Amazonians. Rather than looking to acquire brands, are going to incubate tens of brands. And um, in some cases, I think some of those firms will ask entrepreneurs with an idea, um, propose an idea to us, give us 50,000 bucks, and we'll incubate your brand for you. Oh, wow. So so there's a sort of a win-win. You leverage all of their wide experience to set up your brand. Oh my God. I, think, I think that's pretty cool because uh, I don't have time to operate a brand, but I have lots of ideas of brands I'd like to launch. Yeah. And it, it could be a neat way to solve for that. Wow. Okay. So let's, let's play that out. What does that look like practically? If um, let's just use me as an example, I'm an Amazon seller um, and um, you know, I'm, I'm the operator of it and you would, I would, would I, would I just be investing my time and energy and, and brain power of how to run a business? You're essentially your group, your company, probably did not for you, but different, different investment company would give me money to get it started. Right. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So say Ron, you want to, you've got Amazon experience for, for many years. If you wanted to set up an incubation machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then, um, to incubate each brand, you might say you need $50,000. Okay. So you, you could uh, put up some of that capital yourself mm-hmm. or you could source some of that capital from external individuals, um, whether they're business angels or an investment firm. Okay. And, um, and then you have a profit share, a revenue share, a profit share. Uh, and, uh, so I'd come up with part of the 50 grand, like this, 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 uh, this parent company who I'm working with would provide part of it. And I would come up with another part so that I have some equity into it. 
Yeah, there's there's loads of ways you can slice and dice sure. it. But yeah, but I guess from a high level, um, it's it's all about pairing someone pairing someone with the operational expertise with with a financier, yeah, uh, who doesn't want to do the operations, mm. and uh, and then you can have a happy marriage. And, and like the real goal here is to to build a really scalable incubation machine that could build fifty Amazon. Oh my gosh. You know, because then then you could sell that business in a few years for fifty yeah. million bucks to Fazio or the other aggregators because they they'll want wow. to just acquire everything. Oh my goodness! Do you have businesses that are ready to do that right now that want to be uh, that don't have the Amazon man, Amazon experience and um, knowledge that have money that just need Amazon people to do that? All, all the investors that have gone into the aggregators are will all take a look at those types of uh, interesting. Yeah, so. We're, we're working with two incubation machines at the moment um, okay. and we're helping them find uh, capital to get them going. Interesting. I guarantee that's something that there'll be people in my audience would be interested in, in something like that. A few of them, because I mean, Emmett, you're a data guy. And so <clears throat> if you told me that, you know, you had an idea for, let's just say, you know, mug coffee mugs, um, and you, you probably already know this, there are tools out there that will tell me whether that's even re- worth, remotely worth going down the road with on Amazon. Yeah. You know, tools like Helium 10, for example, that exist, that you can look at keywords and decide, you know, have a hundred different ideas and pare it down to the three that are most likely to be successful based on the data. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you want to choose products where the competing um, products have, not too many reviews. If they have right. 500 reviews, it's probably going to be too hard to eat into the, their moat. Exactly. Um, yeah, lots of data to analyze that can help you uh, think about what to launch. But, but um, um, you need sort of data ninjas uh, who, can, who can not superficially analyze data to think about what products to launch, who can really go to town and quantitatively prove why they should launch a product. And they're the types of people that investors will back. Interesting. Well, I have a guy I'm thinking of right now. He's one of my good friends. He's a data guy, Abe Ortolani, who I'll put you in touch with, or at least let him know about you. Um, because he and he and my friend, uh, Jonathan Bricker, joined together to create a business where they essentially help other businesses launch. And so they would have some ideas or possibly be interested in you know, something like this, because uh, if you can, if you have investors out there that have money that want to invest in, in incubation machines, I can probably find the people that would be willing to do that data research and come up with, you know, products that would, that would be an option. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. Very cool. Well, tell me about your process. Like if, um, what's it look like? What does Fortier group do? And I know it said like even one to two years out. So, um, just walk me through what it looks like when somebody gets onboarded with you guys. Yeah, so, so, so a lot of companies um, that do exits just want to make a quick book and sell something next week or next month. And um, we, we've started this business on a 10-year view. Um, we're in it for the long haul. And um, when I was at Morgan Stanley, I used to try and source leads for one to two years out, whether it was an IPO or, or an exit. And um, the idea is to get in early and help uh, chart the course to a successful deal, even if it's two years from now, uh, because there's so much work that can be done to make it as as as, as sellable as possible. Um, when it comes to um, 
the actual launching of formal process. Um, there are seven steps. Um, and for Amazon FBA businesses, it's actually really compressed. It's, it's typically 35, 40 days, which is unheard of from a normal M&A perspective. Like most exits on Wall Street can take nine to 12 months or longer if there's regulatory okay. approval needed, right? So, okay. so this, this is great for entrepreneurs because it's exhausting, uh, you know, uh, being doing due diligence for a long time and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so look, there's, set, there's seven steps in the process. Um, first is preparation, fail okay. to prepare, prepare to fail. Um, and that, that includes everything from um, writing a 50-page info memorandum to creating a data room with all of the key information about the business before you even think about a teaser to start having conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, second is marketing and distribution. So depending on the type of business, uh, we need to match that with the type of buyer. Um, so if it's home decor in the US, you know, we know, we know which buyers will take, take that most seriously. And okay. uh, we know, you know, at least 50 of the hundreds in our CRM would probably be relevant. And, um, and then it's about individual emails from me introducing the deal uh, to get momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, then number three is negotiating and signing the LOI. LOI stands for letter of intent. That's when it starts to get fun and you have people putting in lots of bids by a deadline. And uh, when they all come in, then, then we would negotiate and get them to try and, we'll try and squeeze a little bit more and get them to play off against each other. Okay. Um, and then you saw um, with that, with this process, is there like a, um, an asking price, like with the house, like here's, here's my fishing lure business. It's making $1 million a year. Therefore let's do evaluation. Let's say my profits, um, you know, $200,000 a year. That's your 20% multiply that by five. So a million dollars, maybe million dollars. You would, would you have an asking price at the beginning? Um, you can do, there's various strategies. You can have an asking price or you can let the market decide or okay. you can have a floor. Um, okay. um, you, if you have an asking price, um, sometimes that can put a ceiling. Um, mm. um, it, 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 that's an art. Uh, it's not okay. a science. And, and so okay. it really depends on, uh, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to determine what's the best strategy until we look, look under the hood and understand the finances and how, how, how frankly sexy the business is. Yeah, the yeah. And then, and then you can sort of, we can advise what the best pricing strategy is. Okay. But you need, so, so yeah, it depends is the answer. Okay. Um, All right. So you got the letter of intent. That's where you said where it gets fun. You're starting to get, starting to get offers from different people. Yeah. And that's fun. And then you play them off against each other. Then you sign a letter of intent and then you go in, you get, when you do that, you give exclusivity to a single buyer for, okay. for, typically you know, 35, 40 days for them to really do due diligence, deep due diligence on, on you. Right. And, and, and that's pretty intense. Um, well, pretty intense is, is an understatement. It's, it's very, very intense. It's yeah. like having a, a, another job on top of the day job. Um, mm. They look under every stone. They want you know, every document, every contract, um, your, 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 your corporation documents, your accounts, everything. Um, so it's important to have a really good commercial lawyer. Uh, yeah. It's important to work with an advisor that knows how to navigate you through that process and so on. Okay. And you guys as Fortia Group would be that in-between person that say, hey, Ryan, they need this and this and this. I get it to you and you get it to them. Yeah, yeah, we can work with you on all of that and uh, 
help push back and help prioritize. Yeah. Um, so then, then it all leads to what's called uh, in the States an APA, an asset purchase agreement. Um, okay. so you're, you're not selling the company, you're just selling the assets, uh, which is much uh, smoother for the buyer and quicker for the seller. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when that's signed, uh, then you're very close to, um, to, to, to closing and celebrating. Um, and then there's a few things post-close, you know, you, you can't head straight for the beach. You need to, um, you need to help, help with the handover. Um, yeah. And uh, so uh, you, you effectively stay on as a brand manager or a consultant for typically three months, sort of okay. maybe 10 hours a week. Um, okay. Just to make sure it's a smooth process. Um, and then, then you take a holiday, a well-deserved wow. holiday, and then you can, um, you can put some money into an incubation machine. Mm, and do it over again. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. How does um so what give me an example of just a, a deal or you've kind of given you examples, but how does a Fortier group make your money? Is it off the like is it is it like a real estate agent where the buyer pays part and the seller pays part? Or what give me an example of how what that might look like? We we follow the same way Wall Street's worked for, for decades. And so we uh-huh. take uh, we take a percentage um uh, of the exit um from the seller. Okay. Uh, so it's success based only. There's no upfront fee. There's no retainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we're we're aligned in that sense. If there's no if there's no successful deal, we don't get paid. Yeah. Um, and our list price for a deal is ten percent of the uh, proceeds. Perfect. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know nothing about all this stuff, but I've never sold a business before. So yeah, you're getting a lot of newbie questions today. Um, that's awesome. Um, you mentioned something about the transfer of the Amazon business. I've seen a lot of questions in our communities about. You know, people are ner- like, how do you actually buy an Amazon business and how do you like logistically and practically with Amazon transfer that over? Um, so my name, my business name is on there. Is it literally just like opening up a case and changing it and say, now it's Emmett Kildiff company um, in Ireland and here's the new information. And because people are worried about um, Amazon, like, oh, shutting off your account because that looks fishy. Like, you know. Yeah. I, yeah. I, um, so there's a. Uh... Yeah, one needs to be careful. So, so for example, there's um, the buyer. The buyer can't have two accounts with the same name, same bank account, and, right? Because then that that sets off the alarm, uh, the fraud alarm bells, yep. with the algorithms in Amazon, and you don't want that, right? So, right, uh, you need to be careful in terms of managing the handover process. Um, but it is happening. There's been hundreds of Amazon FBA businesses sure. sold aggregators. Um, and, uh, you know, the devil's in the detail. You really need yeah. to, speak to speak to the lawyers who've done the Amazon FBA deals about... So they're probably contacting Amazon and working it out. The lawyers maybe are? Well, no, it, it's actually very simple. It's much simpler than that. It, it's, okay. about, it's about um, carefully uh, crafting an email to submit to Amazon. And, and that's it. You, that's it. It's, it's actually very simple. But it has to be, it has to be um, carefully crafted. And depending on other contexts uh, that might influence what's what's the content of that email. Sure. I can imagine all my, all my Amazon people are like, uh, how does that work for the aggregators? Not that we have to get to that detail because um, you know, after you, after they buy it, it's their problem to deal with that. But I wonder as an aggregator company, like I just bought your business and this business and this business, and now I have three Amazon accounts. How do I have, um, you know, am I logging into all of them from the same IP address? These are things that us as Amazon sellers think about. We're even like going to a conference at a hotel. We're like, oh man, there's 500 other Amazon sellers here. Should I even, should I not log on to my account from the same IP? 
<laughs> it's interesting. A lot of the aggregators set up different LLCs, different companies okay. for the acquisitions to try and okay. keep separate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, separate bank accounts uh, from the same bank, separate yeah. LLCs, just to try okay. and. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm sure they'd have to do that. Yeah. Interesting. This is crazy, crazy, fascinating. I just know there's people listening. They're like, oh my gosh, I definitely would. Because I, I, I've heard the chatter in our community that, you know, some would love to be able to sell a business someday. And they know that arbitrage is probably not the best, you know, it's not the not going to be the route to be able to, that's not a, a very easily sellable. I mean, maybe you could do that to another Amazon seller because they would just buy all of your, your, your products, you know, the, your product ideas and, you know, that could happen. Um, but you're talking about getting a private label brand. Um, and, you know, I know this is something they can shoot for and be thinking about. Um, and I love the idea of selling one and then like, oh, let's build another one and do the exact same thing over again. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Um, we've seen that, we've seen that in a lot of instances. Um, you know, the whole Amazon ecosystem is still relatively young, right? So yeah. there is lots of opportunity. Um, um, <laughs> And there's lots of entrepreneurs doing some great stuff off Amazon, whether that's, you know, on Shopify. Or right. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Julie has a question. She says, um, say we have one private label um, product in our Amazon business. Can we just sell that as an asset instead of the whole business? Yes, you can sell. You, that can be an asset sale. A, a really interesting question. Um, in due course, uh, Julie, we may get to a point where individual ASINs are sold. Oh, right? wow. So, so if you're the buyer and um, uh, just for argument's sake, Julie had 100, 100 ASINs, uh, a buyer might say, I want that ASIN and that ASIN because they're the best selling ASINs. Um, right. There'll come a point where that's happening more and more. Um, yeah. In the interim, yes, assets can be sold. Um, uh, so you can, you can divide up what you have and so sell part of what you have. Sure. And for that, would the ASIN have to be performing at a million dollars a year, 20% ROI as well? Yeah. For, for, yeah, for, for, uh, for, for the majority of buyers that we deal with, yes, you need to uh, mm -hmm. tick all the boxes on the checklist. That's, that's on page 11 of our guides. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, how do people get your guide? I know it's on your, just the 40 group.com and get the. Yeah. Get the that is, it's free, free to download on, on, the homepage of, of the Fortia group.com. Um, it's, 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 um, intentionally very detailed. It's, 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 it's 66 pages. And oh. we, we did that because to me, to me, selling a business is a life changing moment. Yes. And, um, it, we decided to put the best guide together to help amateur entrepreneurs think about that. And, and um, in my view, if, if, if someone isn't serious and, and willing to spend 40 minutes reading the guide. They're not really serious about selling their business. So um, uh, it's a little bit over the top, but that's sort of my banking background. Apologies for that. Oh, no, it's all right. Um, I love it. Uh, so the, does it go into the categories that not to be in? Yeah. Okay. Because I imagine there'd be people reading this or like, oh my gosh, I, I definitely want to go for this and just, just know not to be in these five categories or whatever it is. Yeah. Exactly. Um, there's, there's, you know, weapons is another good example. You know, stay away from yeah. weapons. Um, yes. <laughs> cool. I mean, anything else you can think of as, um, you know, when you're talking to Amazon uh, sellers, what, anything else we didn't cover or just anything to keep out, keep in mind or just anything come to mind at all? Um, I think um, 
I look, I think, I think the, the timing uh, for being an Amazon seller is amazing right now. Um, yeah. Like this time last year, um, Trasio was still a small startup. And, mm-hmm. and then, then it hit the press because it raised a quarter of a billion dollars from Advent Private Equity in Boston, and it became yeah. a, a unicorn. And not only did it become a unicorn, it became the fastest growing, most profitable company in US history. And that triggered um, entrepreneurs and VCs, venture capitalists all around the world to go, crikey, what is Trasio? Let's copy it. And so there's now at least 50 Trasios. And um, that's brilliant from from a solopreneur or Amazon entrepreneur perspective. There's a wall of money. Literally at least seven billion dollars that has to be so has to be put to work this year, next year, the year after, and that seven billion dollar number is going to keep increasing. Mm-hmm. So there's loads of buyers, uh, and they're hunting for really good businesses. So, yeah. so it's a great opportunity for your audience to to create something. It doesn't have to be today; it can be on a one to two year view, yeah. and get rewarded very well. As I said, the valuations are going up. Um, so, you know, clever, well-run businesses uh, can be really rewarding for, for entrepreneurs. Absolutely. Other questions just kind of mind real quick is um, obviously these pe- the pe- folks in this group specifically, there's a lot of, they're doing a lot of arbitrage and they, um, you know, some of them are making a couple hundred bucks a month and some are making, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars a month. Like one in particular, Jimmy Smith is doing almost $200,000 a month in sales. And this is all arbitrage. Well, he has, he has some wholesale products. And I think he has some private label products too. But when I look at people who um, I have friends that are financial advisors and they're trying to get their clients into, you know, something that's going to make 10%. I mean, an FBA business, like even arbitrage can make way more than that. Do you ever see an opportunity for, you know, let's say I'm a, just, just I know this is not your focus with Fortier Group, but let's no. just say I'm just a, a regular investor. I know nothing about Amazon or anything, but I'm seeing people make these crazy returns. And these people have history. These people in our legends group, they have, have history of doing this. They're not, they have their, they have, might have hundreds of SKUs. And in my mind, that's safety because if this one skew goes down, these other SKUs pick up the, the slack and they're always building to their inventory. So would there ever be an opportunity, maybe this already exists, uh, for an investor to invest in an FBA arbitrage business? They're not owning it. They're just giving money. Like, could there, could that happen? You know, I mean, I know it probably happens on a, like going to my grandpa and getting money or going to my parents, getting money and they're investing it and I pay them a portion of it. But like an actual legit, um, you know, financial advisor that says, in addition to all these other stocks, hey, we just now can have just now partnered up with all these Amazon sellers. They have a history and a track record. I can prove it to you. And it's way, 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 way better than the stock market's ever gotten. Yeah. Um, I think there's, you know, there's a lot of um, peer-to-peer lending companies out there mm-hmm. globally over the last 10 years. Um, I think um, there's probably an opportunity to do revenue-based lending. From, okay. from investors to, to um, some of your clients. Um, that's the simplest way. Uh, okay. in, doing equity investment is more, more complicated. Okay. But, um, but, but sticking with revenue-based funding, there's, there's very attractive returns can be made. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the funds are used to purchase inventory. Right. Um, um, uh, probably more for FBA again, but, 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 but used to purchase inventory and... Uh, the investor, the lender gets the money back from the revenue earned. So it's it's very simple. 
Yes. When you get into equity, it's more complicated. Right. Uh, you know, um, having said that, uh, I only I listened to a podcast just just last week um, of a new idea um, uh, of a, of a solution to what you're talking about. Not necessarily for for arbitrage, uh, but mm-hmm. for e commerce companies where investors can take a stake without getting involved. Um, Interesting. So I, I think that's coming. Um, okay. It, it's hard to probably make that really scalable. And yeah. well, it's doable, but it probably needs a company just doing that full time. You know, it needs, sure. um, yeah. Okay. So if they were, if somebody wanted to look for an investor like that, you just, would they like Google revenue based or? Uh, I don't, I, 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 I don't think there's any uh, simple solution to that today. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, there is one or two solutions on the, on the equity side, I think. Okay. And um, I can try and follow up with you after the call. Right? I'm just curious because you know all these different companies. So for right now, it sounds like the best way is just find friends and family that know about your business, that have a little extra money sitting around that would like to earn better returns than they can in the stock market. I think so. I think so. Yeah. 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 Uh, or look, I mean, there's, there's, there's well-known sites like AngelList where you can pitch to business angels. Um, okay. That's that's uh, huge in the states, and um, so it's about trying to find the right angel that would that would invest in your business. Um, sure. They they would look at all all sectors, all categories and regions. So you'd have to persuade them that that um, what you have is worth looking at. But that could be a, a neat solution. Okay, cool, Emmett. Thank you so much. This has been fascinating for me. I've never delved into this topic. Obviously, we're t- always talking about how to start or grow your business, never to sell it. Um, and so this is very unique and I know there's people that are like, yes, I want to do that because quite frankly, a lot of people get into Amazon selling and it's, um, in my opinion, it's one of the easiest, lowest hanging fruit opportunities for somebody to start a business. We literally in this group teach people how to go from zero to a lot as big a business as they want. And we can teach them how to start with zero dollars. And so that's very attractive to people. So they get in, it's usually just a side hustle and they're like, wow, this is working. And I'm able to quit my job now. And um, a lot of them, you know, I know we had Kate on here. Uh, she's one of our uh, success stories. She was able to bring her husband home from his teaching job. And she loves, I think she loves her Amazon business and loves doing it. I know there's some people in this group that are like, yeah, this is just income for me. I don't really care about Amazon so much. It's just a, a way for us to earn this extra income. I would love to be able to transition into something else. They have other dreams in their heart, other businesses in their heart that they want to start. And to be able to sell off their Amazon business would be, would be awesome for them. So it's yeah. cool that this even yeah, exists. Uh, there's high valuations, it's tax efficient, and it's nice to, uh, it's nice to cash in, right? Because it's, uh, yes. it's a lot of hard work when it gets busy. And there comes a point when it gets to one or two million revenue, it gets incredibly busy. And yes. um, you either need to scale by hiring lots of people or virtual assistants or, right. or just sell, you know, yes. and, and cash in. Awesome. Well, guys, get his guide. It'll give you just at least eye-opening what's what you need to do. And um, if you're ever looking to sell your business, check out the Fortia Group because they come alongside you and help your help help you get the sale. And uh, rather than you know just listen it up on one of these sites, you they they partner with you to get it sold and get the best deal for you. So, Emmett, thank you so much. Appreciate this. My pleasure. Thank you for having us. Awesome. Well, we'll talk soon. Let me know how else I can help you. Yep. Thank you. Great. Bye. 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 Love your day. Bye bye. Thank you too. Bye bye, everyone. See you next week.